This is the Mindful Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Vic. Excited that you're here. This podcast is all about diving deep into the mind and understanding this experiment or this game we call life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. The biggest battle we will ever have to face is the battle between you and you. It's the battle of taking your mind to that limit and then breaking through. On the Mindful Experiment podcast, we will share concepts, universal laws, and interviewing individuals who have done just that, who have gone through the dark times and through those moments, allowed their light to shine bright. I'm your host, Dr. Vic Manzo, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast and taking this journey with me as we discover different avenues to break through those limits, expand your reality, and evolve into the person you desire to be. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome. You're listening to The Mindful Experiment. This is your host, Dr. Vic, as we're discussing and interviewing every week someone, some individual who is taking on a perspective, a share of the mindful experiment of life, this whole experiment of the mind, the soul, the body, and so much more. This amazing individual I had the chance and honor of interviewing Um David Korsunsky was has been 15 years experience working for the industry leading technology firms and most recently served as director of technology technical alliances at VMware dot. Uh, Inc., where he led strategic partnerships with global EHR, electric health record companies, including Epic, Cerner, McKesson, GE, All Scripts, and many more. As an avid health enthusiast and navigating a health crisis of his own, he recognized an opportunity to build a software solution that makes it easier for anyone to take control of their health through centralized, easy-to-understand data. He states, we give you one place to manage all of your health information. We put data in your hand, and we put you at the controls. You will have the tools and the data you need to optimize your own health. 
This was great interviewing him as he talks about all this data, all the different data points of what he has created with his company and how it truly can give you the power right in front of your hands and how to help you take more control and take more action and be more proactive and keep uh, monitoring it. I was very fascinated with this because as a chiropractor and a, and, and a biohacker and a neurohacker and someone who's a health advocate, um, it's great to how can I control my data points so I can keep tracking and modifying how can I maximize my health so I can be the best version of me every single day. So this is a great interview. I'm excited to share this. I don't want to take any more thunder away from this guy. So definitely take some notes out. Be ready to well, get ready to take some notes as I had the distinct honor and pleasure of interviewing David Kersunsky. David, welcome to the show. Thanks, Vic. Excited for our conversation. You've yeah, uh, dropped a few teasers already about what direction we're going, so I'm excited. I know. You got me excited, man. I'm excited yeah. to uh, dive in here and, and yeah. uh, really uh, expand the mind of the listeners, expand my own mind, and uh, really have some fun here. Sounds awesome. So one of the questions I always like to start with and just get the background on so the listeners kind of have is uh, you're, you're in this whole aspect of health and whatnot. And, you know, but I always like to know, how did you get there? How did the life direct you that way? Was it chosen by you? Was it situations that showed up that kind of like led you that way? Um, how did it all start? Oh, man, I guess the first thing that comes up for me is there's, there's always breadcrumbs being laid out in front of you. And the, the question is whether or not you choose to follow those breadcrumbs. And when, when the breadcrumbs lead you to a point where you really have to make a huge life decision, do you, do you take that leap or do you stay in the comfort zone? So that's kind of a metaphor for what happened in my career. I've always been someone who was in the technology industry and spent a lot of time inside computer data centers the size of football fields, building out massive systems. But I always had a really, really keen interest in our ability to understand our own health. And I got really swept up with this idea of biohacking. As far back as like 2010, 2011, I was living in Silicon Valley. And, and that's when the, the whole quantified self notion was just getting off the ground and I would go to these meetup groups and they'd just be in somebody's backyard in Menlo Park and people would be like testing out different sensors that they'd made to monitor their health. It was just super early days of all that stuff and I just totally nerded out on being able to wear a headband sensor that would give me some good data on my sleep and then seeing those numbers, and it's like, wow, just seeing those numbers helped me make some positive behavior changes. The, the data didn't tell me anything. The device didn't tell me anything. It's just, oh, man, my, my sleep is crap. <laughs> I don't get enough. So I really got swept up in this whole idea of, of health quantification. And then I went through some of my own health challenges. And I really needed to carefully monitor my health. I was 32, 33, and I just was having a lot of really bad symptoms that were related to too much stress. And my, my body was no longer handling stress in a way that was healthy. It was what I had been called by my naturopathic doctor, maladaptive stress syndrome, which simply means the body used to be able to handle stress in a healthy way. And now it's not handling stress in a healthy way. It's insomnia and high blood pressure and rapid heart rate. And that was just 
from emotional stress. So I basically had to reverse engineer that. And we can get into how that path unfolded. I've already mentioned a few things, but learning mindfulness, meditation, changing diet. I mean, there's so many things we can go into. And that led me to build a software program that allows anybody to really, really carefully monitor their health because it's all just such an N equals one experiment that we all need to sometimes figure it out for ourselves. So that's how it's led me to create my, my current company, which is um, what I call a health analytics app. So hopefully that gives you some, some background, Vic. I like it. No, it's pretty cool. I like the, the, the variety of this and I, I got a couple questions. So um, the headband, what kind was it? Was it? Um... Uh, this is old school. Uh, some of your listeners might remember the Zio. Oh yeah. Does that ring a bell? I used to use it. That's how I was curious. That was awesome. And it was like one of the first really good ones on the market. And then you'd go to their website and they had all these incredible articles about how to improve sleep, everything from meal timing to room temperature to uh, making sure the room is really dark to uh, supplementation. It's like, wow, this is amazing. If I can sleep and my physical body recovers better, faster, stronger, then that just makes life so much more awesome. So it was amazing. And, uh, you know, they went out of business and, and now there's other really good stuff on the market, but that one was like the one I really first nerded out on. Yeah. I remember when I got exposed to it years ago and, uh, same here. I, I love experimenting for fun and, uh, I love how I was getting like five, five and a half hours of sleep, but equivalents of eight hours based on deep and REM. And I was like, sweet, how much more can I get of this? And they were ahead of their time. Um, totally uh, ahead of their time. Unfortunately. Um, with that, um, when it, when it comes to biohacking are the things that you, what are the, the things that you enjoy or what do you use? Cause uh, my listeners are very familiar with biohacking and all that fun mm-hmm. jazz. Um, what is something that you, you do today that you've started with that has been sound true or has it changed over time? Well, I think some of the top lessons learned for me and some of the things I continue to test on a daily basis. I I am not diabetic. I don't have a metabolic disease, but I do have a genetic predisposition towards weight gain and obesity. If I look at my, my, uh, my relatives. So the most effective way for me to keep my body composition right where I want it to be is keeping my blood sugar low and staying in nutritional ketosis. So one of the first things I check most mornings, not every morning, as soon as I wake up, before I have my coffee, before I have any supplements or have any food, I check my blood sugar, I check my ketones. And I'm typically looking to see my blood sugar anywhere from, uh, you know, 82 to 88 is like right in my sweet spot. And I'd like to see my ketones anywhere from like 0.3 to 1 first thing in the morning. And that is really, for me, the key to body composition control is just glycemic control, blood sugar control. And I just, I've gotten to the point where I just need to test it in the morning once. And that pretty much tells me how, how things played out the day before. If I had a really late heavy dinner the night before, my blood sugar the next morning is going to be higher. So... Uh, if I went, if I had a really early meal and I finished dinner by four, I was working out heavy that day. I know my blood sugar is going to be on the lower end of that spectrum. So uh, metabolic control, not only for 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 weight loss and body composition today, but if you look at all of the diseases of civilization that we deal with, 
blood sugar and metabolic is a huge component of most of them. Diabetes, obesity, cardiovascular disease, arguably neurological conditions like Alzheimer's and, and things of that nature. So for me, it's like also making sure I'm going to have a good quality of life when I'm 70 and 80 and 90. So I'd say blood sugar is number one. Um, and I can go on to some of the other ones if you want. Yeah. I mean, listeners love to hear. So what else, what other things that you uh, have fun with and you found, cause I appreciate you sharing, like I found what works for me, right? Yeah. There's, there's so many people out there and I mean, totally. my, ba my background's in health and I've been in the field for 13 years and I can't, I get tired of people. This is what you should be doing and this is how you should be doing it and this. And I'm always like, man, from the vitalism perspective, one person is the only person that you work with and figure out what works for them. And then there's no two new, like there's no two uh, paths that are going to be the same for anyone. Um, you can I, find I similarities, but there yeah. won't be like, this is identical for you as it worked for this person. If that makes sense. Well, you know, we just wrote a blog post Vic about like how your actual genetics influence what diet you should be on even how two people should implement the exact same diet you know what i mean so we're, we're not dogmatic about anything the reason i built a data platform for health is so that you could cut through all the bs and and actually if you have hard data that's really what's going to tell you if things are working or not so i'm a total believer in in finding what works for you like you said there's there's some commonalities there but um i'd, I'd say the other Top metrics I look at relate to heart rate variability. Have you talked about that uh, on the show before? I have, and uh, even in my own office, we use it. So, yeah. Yeah. So, there's a couple ways you can measure heart rate variability. And, and the cool thing about heart rate variability is it's going to give you a, a quantifiable number that can help you with two things. One, it can help you understand the stress load on your body. You know, we often think of stress as this kind of nebulous thing. I'm stressed. But there's actually some amazing technology on the market that can allow anybody to test their stress levels. And heart rate variability is a way to actually numerically quantify the stress load on the nervous system. And you know, 20 years ago, you'd have to go into a hospital and get hooked up to some massive machine to get this done. Now you just go get a Bluetooth heart rate monitor, a chest strap one, or a a core sense from Elite HRV, and anybody can do it. And it's just as good. In fact, it's probably better because they've got billions of data points that they can help you benchmark against, and, and they're doing more analytics on the data. So heart rate variability, uh, as an entrepreneur, I, I mentioned this briefly before we started the show, but the number one thing I need to manage is my own resiliency. If I'm getting sleep deprived over the course of the week, if I'm staying out too late, if I'm not managing my sleep well, if I'm overtraining, over time, that's just going to accumulate and accumulate and my resilience will just get lower and lower and lower. There's a huge difference waking up on a Tuesday or a Thursday morning, getting on your call with, with the 10 or 15 people you're working with when you have extremely high resiliency versus extremely low resiliency. And so for me, I carefully monitor heart rate variability. I recommend a couple products there. I don't have a relationship with any of them. There's, a, there's the Aura Ring, 
which you can wear, and that's going to measure heart rate variability through the sleep cycle. There's also some other devices out there that do nocturnal HRV pretty good. Uh, BioStrap is another one that I use pretty regularly, and those are going to measure heart rate variability for you through the sleep cycle. You know, nice thing is you don't have to do anything. You just put it on, go to bed, wake up, and there it is. So I'll look at that data pretty carefully. That's kind of like my resiliency indicator. And then the other is uh, Elite HRV, and I have something called their CoreSense product. And that's just something you, you put your index finger into. And it, it, that you actually take when you wake up. So um, those are my stress measurements. And uh, I know the numbers now well enough. When I'm meditating 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes before bed, when I'm going to bed at the scheduled time, when I got stuff dialed in, you know, my resiliency is off the charts. I am an unstoppable force. And when I'm traveling on the road, and I'm out late with, with business dinners and I'm just not managing my resiliency. That's when I'm not feeling and performing as well. So uh, HRV and resiliency, Vic, would be my number two. I'm, I'm with you all the way. I'm a huge component of HRV and um, the chiropractic profession took, took that technology in the nineties and have been using it since. And uh, awesome. ours is a little different because um, you can use it just based on the algorithm. You probably know this already, just how you're taking the data points and what are you using it for? Yep. Um, cause some of these, like I, I use the aura ring. I love it. It, uh, that cause ever, ever since the zeal went away, I was like, I need to find something so I can keep tracking my sleep. And I didn't trust any yep. of the other ones out there. No, me neither. And it's then, solid. and they're pretty, they're pretty good. I had actually interviewed somebody who said they do a lot of the research with them. Oh, cool. Um, and they said it's about 90% accurate and I was like, I'll take it. Yeah, and it's great. I mean, it's, it's probably one of the more accurate ones out there in terms of just consistency. Yeah. And I trust the data. Um, but yeah, I mean, HRV, so just explain to the listeners. I mean, I, I, I know what it is to the, the depths of the knowledge of it all, but I know the listeners may not. How does, what does HRV do? What is it analyzing? How does it able to tell, um, your adaptability? We call it adaptability factor in chiropractic, yeah. but it's one of the things, how does it able to show, uh, yeah, you can handle this. You can't handle this, or your stress load is too much. It's overwhelming on the nervous system and so forth. Yeah, so everyone's familiar with heart rate. That just means, you know, how often is, is, your, is your beats per minute heart rate? Uh, you know, every, every Fitbit, all these things report heart rate, which is just uh, the heart beats per minute. That, that's self-explanatory. But heart rate variability is a little bit different, and, and that's measuring the elapsed time between each heartbeat. So from beat to beat to beat, there's a certain interval, and that interval is in milliseconds. And there, it's never precisely the exact same amount of time between each heartbeat. Let's say between beat one and beat two, it was 995. And then beat two and beat three, it was 1,005. And then, so there's always a little bit of variation between the beats. And that's what heart rate variability is measuring, is what is the variation between beats. Now, it's a little bit counterintuitive. The more variation you have between each heartbeat, that is a sign of less stress and more resiliency. So it's actually looking to see more variability. That is an indicator of lower stress. If you have um, very, very low variability between each beat, that's going to indicate higher stress. And, and this is tracking uh, over, you know, so when I check with Elite HRV in the morning, 
it's a two and a half minute sample. So I wake up, I open the app, I test for two and a half minutes. It's measuring the variability between each beat over two and a half minutes. And then they run some um, uh, algorithms to essentially turn that into a single number. So you'll get your heart rate variability. I don't know, this morning, I think mine was a 68. And so that's essentially what it's looking at. And then it's going to start looking at the changes in heart rate variability for you, Vic, from day to day. And then it's going to start learning, hey, Vic, your baseline is actually about 65. You know, today you're at about 68. That's good. You're a little more dominant on the parasympathetic. And then the next morning, you might be recovering from a really heavy workout. And you're going to wake up and it's like, oh, man, 59 this morning. My body is in recovery mode. Okay, I might change my workout routine. Uh, I might uh, prioritize rest and recovery. Or I, I still might work out but I'll just know that I really need to get a good night's sleep tonight. So seeing those numbers, just kind of like weight on the scale, really, it's, it's not much different. Once you start learning, okay, I, I'm usually about 190, I'm about 195, I got to dial it in. It's the same thing with HRV and, and that helps us understand our resilience. And as you start learning how to improve your heart rate variability, better sleep, meditation, diet, supplementation, and then, as you know, Vic, there are some people who may need to go subclinical. There could be mold, toxins, uh, infections, injuries. You know, that's, that's where you'll need deeper expertise. But you can really start to improve your resiliency or adaptability, whichever word you want to use, by measuring HRV. So that's my interpretation of, of the data. I'm not an expert on HRV, Vic. That's just my own personal experience my experience testing all this technology and, and integrating it all into my app. That that's my view of what it means. I love it. No, and you're, you're dead on. I mean, <clears throat> one of the things for the listeners out there and you know, some of my patients follow the show too. I always explain like, cause when you talk about variability and you want to have more variable, you want to be more variable with your heart rate. And it's, it's always that counterintuitiveness. It's like, hold on, wait a minute. I got to be more variable and that's a good thing. I don't get that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a little counterintuitive, but it's not that hard once you take some basic measurements, you know, just, just go get a polar heart strap on Amazon, Bluetooth one, you know, whatever, uh, 30 bucks and, and get a good HRV app and take a few measurements, go do some research and start testing. And uh, it's intellectually interesting. It's fun. It's going to prepare you for longevity. It's going to help you perform better, recover better. So yeah, it's a good one. And for the listeners, just the, the you know, back some of the, the validity of all this, um, Harvard Medical states that this is the quality of life indicator that we should all be using. Totally. Um, man. It, it, we have a, in scientists and physiology have been saying for the last few years now that like, we actually have an indicator that can tell how, and I, we, it, we, I use the word resiliency a lot. So I, I love how you use it. Cause when, when you said that earlier in the beginning, before we got on, I was like, oh, I love when I hear that word. Oh uh, yeah. We're, kin we're, we're kindred spirits. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love it. And you had me, you had me at resiliency. <laughs> tell me about it. <laughs> oh man. But it's, it's one of those things where, you know, even they say it's like, everybody should be tested on this. Totally, man. Blood sugar, HRV. You're 90% of the way there. And sleep. I was going to say, do you have any others before we get into some other stuff? Uh, you know, obviously sleep is a big one. And um, as much as possible for me, I, I, I'm less interested in that now because these, you know, these devices are checking the HRV during the sleep cycle. So for him, I'm actually looking more at the HRV number in the morning than I am the sleep number. So, um, you know, I'd say that's maybe uh, coming in at a, a close number three. 
And um, uh, I, I'm a pretty healthy guy, so I'm always looking to optimize body composition. So um, weight, body fat are, are ones I'll look at. I also like to test my blood pressure uh, occasionally. There's a lot of people out there with high blood pressure. And um, one thing you'll notice is the nights when I just have that off-the-charts good sleep, my blood pressure the next morning is significantly lower. And the nights where I have a bad sleep, my blood pressure the next morning is significantly higher. So people not, may not make the association between quality of sleep and blood pressure. And you may be on a blood pressure medication and you might just have sleep apnea or some other sleep disorder. So I've noticed a lot of correlations in my data between the quality of my sleep and my blood pressure the next morning. So uh, I look at that one. And then uh, also running blood work. You could be feeling great, but it's also important to get a, a good regular set of labs done, you know, every six months, ideally, and look at some of the good ones like inflammation, uh, HSCRP, for example, and uh, hemoglobin A1C, and um, make sure that you've got those numbers and work with an expert like yourself if you have questions on how to interpret the data. But if you've got your lifestyle dialed in and you've got your labs healthy and you're keeping your stress and your blood sugar and your weight under control and getting good sleep, um, you know, that's, that's a really good place. And then you can really start working on the next level, which is metaphysical spiritual development, personal fulfillment. That's kind of like the next phase. So speaking of that, that'll lead me into my, my next question a little bit. Um, Cause I know we talked a little bit about mindfulness <laughs> and how that was a huge part of your life. Um, how did you come upon mindfulness? Was it um, getting into that whole realm? Well, I mentioned briefly, I had the maladaptive stress stuff going on. Yep. And, you know, my naturopath was like, you know, this is totally reversible. It's just your body's been in a prolonged state of stress. And the things that I used to do to help me relieve the stress, going to the gym, you know, going out with friends, when you get maladaptive, th those actually start making it worse. So I was in this vicious cycle where I was stressed and then all of my healthy outlets that used to work actually were now making it worse. And, and I didn't want to go on any kind of um, prescription medication if I didn't have to. So uh, I was you know, born in, in central Canada. It, it, it was a, you know, basically the prairies. It's not like it was a very enlightened place. So I'd never really heard of meditation. Luckily through some career opportunities, I was living in San Francisco and in the Bay area where that's just uh, more, more pervasive in terms of the, the collective thought. And there was this meditation center uh, up in Marin County called uh, spirit rock meditation center. Actually, the way I discovered it was uh, it, there was a conference put on in San Jose and it was called wisdom 2.0. And I, I got really interested because they brought the, the leaders from all these tech companies, Google, Facebook, Yahoo, etc. And then they brought the meditation masters from Spirit Rock and put them on stage together and said, okay, how do we bring mindfulness into this like crazy ADD tech world? And one of the speakers was this guy, Jack Cornfield, and he's done lots of books and stuff on meditation, but uh, he's associated with Spirit Rock. So I started going up there on Tuesday nights and I signed up for just their intro to meditation class. And I uh, drove up there once a week, and they'd, they'd, they'd give a lesson, and, and we'd do a 20-minute meditation. 
And, uh, you know, it's, it, there's no religious connotations at all. It's just learning how to, to close your eyes and breathe and meditate. So it was very, um, you know, agnostic for me. And it was incredible. And uh, so I started practicing at home. And I'd meditate before bed and just would really, really relax. And it made a huge difference in my life. And then um, I signed up for my first meditation retreat, which is where you actually go to the retreat center and, and you're, you're there for a week and uh, you're, you're, you're silent. You're in silent meditation for a week. So you're not speaking, actually, for seven days. And when, when you really have seven days of uninterrupted silence, no TV, no phones, nobody interrupting you, if you think about your day-to-day life, we probably don't go more than five minutes without some interruption. We're watching TV, the phone rings, we're on the computer. So when you can totally remove all of that for several days, that's when deeper insights can bubble to the surface. That's, that's largely why they call it insight meditation is because when you can be still and without interruption, stuff that wouldn't normally bubble up starts to bubble up. And you can gain really profound insights into your life. So I've done several silent meditation retreats. And, and uh, I've just now picked it up again, Vic. So um, part of my resiliency strategy is 20 minutes of meditation in the morning, 20 minutes at night. So I've just recently reconnected with it after um, not practicing. That's the cool thing about it. Once you learn, you can just pick it up whenever you need to. And, and now it's a very prominent part of my life. It's kind of like riding a bike, right? Yep. hundred <laughs> percent. So I got a question to ask. I've done these before too, but just for the listeners, how tough was it for your first one to not, you know, have any interruption seven days of just no speaking, no nothing. Oh, the first few days they suck because <laughs> <laughs> your, your, your brain is like, get me the F out of here. This is uncomfortable. This is boring. My knees hurt. It's like, where's the door? <laughs> That's basically three days. <laughs> and, and, then, and then your, your, your brain or your mind, uh, who knows, is like, okay, fine. I guess we're going to ride this one out. So it, it kind of backs off a little bit. And that's when you really start to settle in. But um, it's, it's not easy because for most people, they've never experienced that before. We're always in these situations where if we don't like our surroundings, we just go change it. You know, go to the gym, go to the movie. And you can't do that. You're sitting on the cushion and your brain is going to be like, this sucks. And so you have to get through that. But what's on the other side is like, so worth it. <laughs> That's when you really start to settle in. And then, you know, day four, five, six, seven, eight is just, at least for me, bliss. And and I would say the exact same word, bliss. It's just, yeah. uh, um, and you've done it many times after. So has it been like just now day one, boom, you're there, easy, no, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's hard, it's hard that. man it's hard it's like you know i i did one overseas actually i was i was backpacking in southeast asia and i was actually in myanmar and uh so i signed up for a, a silent retreat in myanmar a 10 day and that's like the original uh teachings the way the buddha originally taught it you know myanmar has been isolated for so long that you're you're basically getting the as true to form the teachings as when they were invented 
So, I mean, when I was meditating at Spirit Rock, yeah, they got nice comfy chairs. You know, the food is awesome. Everything's comfortable. And then here it's like, you're on the floor. And I'm, I'm not a flexible guy. So like first couple of days, I couldn't even sit on the floor cross-legged. You know what I mean? I was in physical discomfort. And so then they were kind enough to let me use at least some kind of uh, low seat because I just wasn't flexible. So, man, that one was even tougher for the first few days. But always the insights that come out the other side really kind of make it all worthwhile. And and now I can just use it for 10 or 15 or something, just five minutes a day. And it's um, it's incredible. I couldn't really function in my job without it. <laughs> Tell me about it. Um, and I appreciate you bringing up the five minute thing. Cause that was gonna be my next question. Sometimes people hear meditation and they get into it and they're like, Oh, I don't have time to meditate, you know, hour, two hours, three hours, four hours a day. There's just no way. Um, what is some of the advice you give when it comes to, you know, meditating or, you know, or in your own practice? I know you mentioned it a little bit already. Um, is it is your daily practice what does that consist is it 20 minutes a day 15 minutes a day what does that look like well uh, assuming all goes well you know sometimes you wake up and the conference calls start and yeah. it's like okay i need to decide if i should sleep a little longer or or get up and so if i'm tired and i'm i'm run down i'll prioritize sleep and depending on how early my calls start Sometimes I can get to it before my calls. Other times I'll get through a call or two and then I'll have a block on my calendar. And uh, if I have the time, I just, I, I, I set my uh, timer on my phone for 20 minutes and um, I meditate um, in the morning for 20 minutes. Sometimes it's less 15. The key thing is, is to be gentle with yourself. Don't make it feel like an obligation. It doesn't have to be X amount of time. You're not a bad meditator, you know, if you only did two minutes one day. So just really be gentle with how you approach it. And um, it's not easy to learn because unlike a lot of things, there's really no feedback you get to tell you if you're doing it right. So for a lot of people, there's some good apps out there that really just kind of set you off. Like here's your two-week beginner program. And they'll start you off super simple, just a few minutes a day. So there's now some really great tools. Those didn't exist when I learned. Um, so there's some super awesome apps out there that'll help you build a practice and they'll make it more fun and more engaging. So if you feel like that's something that will help you go for it. And then if I can, um, I'll, I'll try to do another, another session before bed. And that's going to help me like really tamp down my nervous system before bed. I'm going to see higher, better heart rate variability readings the next morning. So when possible, I'll try to do it before bed and, and I'm not successful every single day at that. So I just, I do the best I can. I appreciate the, the practicality of it. Cause a lot of times you hear people say, oh, I meditate every day, do it every day consistently. You know, and this is what I do as a, as a full regimen. And, uh, yeah. you know, sometimes, I mean, twice a day, you know, I, I started incorporating that more in the last couple months and it's, uh, yeah. I, I've needed it because, uh, my resiliency was getting low and I needed the help get some support. Same. <laughs> totally the same. You know, I, I was waking up and my resiliency was awful. I was, I was staying up too late working and, and I wasn't being mindful and, and, I, and I'd wake up and I'm like, man, I just don't feel like I can handle the stress of what life is throwing at me right now. And ultimately, I realized that that's just because I'm not managing my resiliency properly. 
once I started getting getting dialed in again and, and getting more sleep and, and getting those meditation sessions in and, and getting my, uh, my HRV back up, now I can handle those same situations that three or four weeks ago I thought I could never handle just by changing the way resiliency. Yeah, and I think, too, one of the great things is is having the tools and the data to prove and show totally. so that you can be – because I really think, like, when it comes to being really proactive with your health, I really believe there's a lot of measurements to that. But one of them nowadays with just technology being how it is, we you have this stuff act right in our hands that we can use and be like, oh, you know what? Like, for me, yesterday I had a, a very high-demand day, and um, I knew – I was like, okay – uh, I got to hack my sleep in any way possible to get the most deep restorative I possibly can so my body can be recharged for the next day. And it's knowing that I can check and be like, you know what? I did that today. Or I wake up like in the middle of the night and I'm looking at my aura, looking at what I'm at. And I'm like, oh man, I got to get more um, REM. I'm really low today. You know, I'm halfway into my night and I'm like, I need to get some more REM. So I'll alter my temperature a little bit and then I make sure I go into it and it helps regulate me so I could do that. Yeah, that's why I love having the numbers. Um, they, for me, I find them to be very, very motivational. And they also keep me accountable. So if I'm measuring every day, I'm holding myself accountable. It doesn't even matter what the number is. It's the, it's the fact that I took the reading every day that keeps me accountable. And that helps me keep on track. So even if you don't look at the number, but just you're measuring and then when you see the numbers improve, it can be really, really exciting. And guess what? You're going to have some really crappy numbers too. And then you're not going to want to test because you know the number is going to be shitty. But do it anyhow. And or 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 um, you know, just like with uh, the aura ring, I I I know that I didn't get a good night's sleep. I won't even look at it until later that night. You know what I mean? Just so it doesn't influence my day. But the numbers keep me accountable. The numbers give me some some biofeedback that I can use. So um, there's, there's, there's different approaches. Now, a lot of people get way too wrapped up in the numbers and they obsess over them. And so those are people that need some help with interpretation on the numbers. And so um, that's the one thing you got to watch out for. I love it. And real quick, before we get into all about your app and everything you do for some of the entrepreneurs listening how, you know, because I truly believe entrepreneurs take on more stress. Uh, everyone has stress in their own way and they have their own resiliency and things like that. But, you know, there's a different element to it because we're stepping into more of the unknown, the more of the uncertainty. Oh, my God. Tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> what are some tips, tools? You're an entrepreneur. I know you hack for a lot of different reasons. Oh, there's reasons boy. why I hack for a lot of different reasons. Yeah. Um, um, any 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 sound? Any other advice you would like to give to an entrepreneur who's listening to all this, or what would you uh, share? Uh, well, you uh, you are going into the unknown. That's all I can tell you, and it's all about self regulation. There's going to be days where you want to just crawl in a little ball and cry, and then there's going to be days where you're on top of the world, and that's basically going to be every single day for the rest of your entrepreneurial career. So you're going to be on the roller coaster. And if you don't have good self-regulation, good emotional regulation going in, it's going to be a thousand times harder. So everything we've talked about here can give you those tools so that you can stay at an even keel. And the people working for you need you to be on an even keel. And your investors need to see that you can handle yourself. 
So you've got to really, really work on your self-regulation. That's that. That's the most important thing. I mean, there's going to be months where you're like, I don't even know how the heck I'm going to make payroll this month. And you basically have a gun to your head. And those are not fun situations. And you have to keep it together. So everything we've talked about on this show is kind of like required tools for the entrepreneur. So that's pretty much all I can say about it. And it's extremely rewarding. I, I personally wanted the challenge. I was at a point in my corporate career where I wasn't fulfilled and I had the opportunity in life to take this risk. For me, I looked at the situation in front of me. I said, okay, I, I don't have a family depending on me. I don't have a huge mortgage. I don't have a lot of financial obligations. I, I looked at myself. I said, I'm young enough. I could take the risk and I could probably rebuild if I take a financial hit. So that was some of the calculus I used to say, this is the window in my life where I'll be able to go for it. And that, that window may or may not exist in a few years. So I did the math and, and I decided to go for it. I just, I had no experience running my own company and you have a lot to learn, just like you have a lot to learn playing the guitar for the first time. So I'm constantly learning and growing uh, and it's, it's been extremely challenging and extremely rewarding and we're, we're a venture company, Vic. So we, 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 we require external investment to keep going. We're building a software platform, costs millions of dollars. So now, now you've taken people's money and you want to do your best to provide a return for them. Yes, they understand the risk when they put the money in, but these are people you respect and who, res who respect you. So those are some of the things that you got to consider going in. Totally. And I agree with you. I think these, these are uh, all measurements that anybody who wants to either you know, take their life to a whole new level or an entrepreneur, this is keeping your edge, keeping you that competitive edge as some look for in some way, shape or form. Um, totally, man. You're going to be three years in and you're still grinding. <laughs> you know, can you, can you keep your resiliency where it needs to be? You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. So let's hear about what you, you know, your software, everything. What, let, let's get into it all. What, what's it, you know, I know it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an app and things that you utilize and there's tools. Um, let, let, I'll let you take the show on all that. What's it all well, about? Just, just imagine you had all the key numbers we talked about here, Vic, right at your fingertips. Imagine in, in two seconds, I could open my phone and look at my heart rate variability, my blood sugar, my meditation time, my weight, my blood pressure, and all the blood test results from my doctor. That's what I needed to really transform my health. I'm not a medical professional. I don't understand what every single blood test means. That's what doctors are for. You ask them. But I do know the numbers I needed to work on. I had lived in Boston. I'd lived in San Francisco. I'm now in Phoenix. I've changed doctors more times than I can count. My medical records were everywhere. And that's probably the most important data on the planet is my medical history. And the problem here in the United States is every doctor is basically its own silo of data. So I had to call like six doctors and get all my records together. And, and then I was also measuring everything we talked about on this show. And that was at home. My doctor didn't have any of that data. Most of them don't even know how to tell you to track your HRV. So I was collecting a lot of data at home. And so I built a system that just puts it all together for you. It is what I call the ultimate health dashboard. 
you sign in, you set up the metrics that matter most to you. You connect your Apple Watch. I want my steps from my Apple Watch. I want my weight from my wireless scale. I want to enter my blood sugar manually. Whatever metrics you want to set up on the dashboard, I want these five blood tests on my dashboard. And it just gives people a way to carefully monitor their health so that whatever they're doing, they know if it's working, they know if they need to recalibrate, they can share it with a regular or pharmaceutical MD, or they can take it to a nutritionist or a functional doctor or a chiropractor or people who understand functional health. I had the best outcomes working with functional health practitioners. It happened to be someone who was a chiropractor and a functional medicine doctor, and they were able to really get to the root cause of my stress issues and help me fix them. But all my blood work was at the quote unquote regular doctor and the, the functional doc had no access to that. So we just democratize it all. We, we put it all in your hands and then you can do whatever you want with it. So it's, it's for people who are really serious about monitoring their health. You know, the fanatics out there who love the data, who love the tech, who love the tools. So uh, if you're a junkie, if you're a health junkie, that's this, that's who, that's who we built it for. Nice. I like that. Cause I mean, be the chiropractor. There's always times where, I mean, I do work with people on this type of stuff and it's like, okay, they'll have to send it to me. I have to get a copy report and I can do that. But um, it's nice to have something like that. Now there's, I'm assuming I, this is data. So I'm already assuming you do this, but like, does it give it like graphs and stuff from before and after how you're improving and all that stuff? Yeah, hundred percent. So you awesome. can, you can graph as many metrics as you want. So you can say, okay, over the last three months, let me see my, my blood sugar and my waist circumference and my body fat percentage. You know, each of those numbers may have come from a completely different place, but you can start to really dial in your health. And then we can electronically sync with over 85% of the doctors across the U.S. So Vic signs in, he searches for his doctor. You give our app permission to sync your data. And we can do that for all your current and past doctors. So the people using our system, they've got 10, 15, 20 more years of data on their health, even than their current doctor. And they can go into the doctor's office and say, you know, actually, you're wrong. These trends started a long time ago. Here's the data. You know, boom. So we're, we're putting so much power and information into the hands of the individual. And um, it's... Uh, it's really just a way to, to put all the pieces together and, and just you know, master your health. Like if you're into stocks, you know, within probably 15 seconds, you could log into your, your favorite trading platform and find the 52-week high on your favorite stock. <laughs> you know what I mean? But how many people could, could pull up the 52-week high on their blood sugar? Um, everybody should have that number, but less than 1% of the people do. That's just a data problem. And so we're just building those same tools for health. No, I like that. Do you guys get like an overall, <clears throat> excuse me, where you take certain metrics and data and you kind of like weigh them so that they create a score or something along that line? Or is this just pure data of just like blood pressure, HRV, whatever the person wants to make uh, valuable to them? We, we, we import a lot of the scores from the devices. So uh, Vic, you're familiar with the Aura Morning Readiness Score. And so we'll, we'll import the Aura Morning Readiness Score for you. And other devices c compute scores. They have their own algorithms they've developed. And so we will import the scores from your favorite device or app. So I might want to look at my Morning Readiness Score from Aura 
and compare that, for example, to like my physical exercise and just learn how exercise impacts recovery. So we're not providing a lot of our own proprietary scores. Rather, we will use industry standard scores where they're available. I like that. That's pretty cool. Um, that, that, I think that, again, like you said, this, this is giving the power back to the people because sometimes as from uh, from my perspective on the health side, it's always interesting because like somebody would be like, my doctor wants me to be on a blood pressure medication. Why is that? Well, my blood pressure was high. Okay, is it always high? Have you had multiple times throughout that day? Did you check? What were you? Where were you at? Were you nervous because you're at the doctor's office? Totally. There's, there's actually a syndrome for that. Yeah. Were you stressed out? Were you? Are you low on magnesium? Well, there's a million things you got to try first before you go for the med. And unfortunately, it's one of those things where they will put them on. And I always say, you know, you know what? I can't intervene with that. That's not in my scope. But check your blood pressure tomorrow. Check it next week. See where it's at. Get an idea. So then, you know, because like I love the whole metric thing about you're looking at like, okay, what's my 52 week high, right? Yeah. Um, Because that's great to show like. Where were you at where you weren't adapting well to stress? Now you had HRV. Now people can start to put all this stuff together and be like, oh, man, crap. Okay. Um, And I've been looking for something like this for patient's sake because we do HRV, but our HRV, I call it static HRV, which means it's just, it takes a longer time because of the algorithm Mm -hmm. to make a change. It doesn't like there's, I call dynamic is like the aura ring or biostrap or you ever heard of Omega, Omega wave? No, I'm not familiar with them. Check them out. They're pretty cool. They do, um, basically, it's for fitness. People who are fitness people, athletes, mm-hmm. uh, they like to use it because they'll, they'll do, it's an HRV, Surface EMG, and what it does is they'll check to see where are you at for the day to what, what type of workouts you can do. Cool. Cora provides something like it, but this gets really specific to like strength yeah, like training, yep. um, endurance, and all those things. But I see. So, it'll match up physical exercise based on... Uh, feedback from the HRV. That's cool. Yeah. It's really, really cool stuff. Um, I used to use it for a while, but then after a while getting four green bars every time I was just like, okay, I'm not really getting a variability here. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's the beauty of being adapting to, to uh, high uh, uh, resiliency in a sense, but yeah. it's one of those things where um, um, pulling this together, I think it's just really critical and really can help because for me, like when I'm working with a patient and I'm talking about HRV and, and uh, like, okay, six weeks, 12 weeks later, we're like, yeah, you're not doing well. The things are tanking. Cause it looks back. Like it takes like two to four months to make these big changes. Um, it'd be great to have somewhere. It's a tool where they've been doing it every day. And I could look back and be like, yeah, look at where you've been in that trend. Look at the, you can take the average and this is where you are now. Kind of. A yeah. Thing. The average might be a lot better than what you think it is, you know, especially, you know, I had high blood pressure at 32 and like I'd go to the doctors and I was so freaked out about it that it'd just be jacked up into doctors. So I just went and bought the cuff and I started testing at home and even testing at home. I was nervous for the first week or so and it was jacked up. And then I'm like, oh, okay. If I just chill out a little bit, the numbers are better than I thought. And so, yeah, simple example is just, um, Simple blood pressure testing. I love it. Yeah. Um, this is cool. Um, so, and then people can just customize it to, again, like I said, I know I asked this before, just to reiterate, it, it, it really just, um, they can customize it to anything they want, any value. When it yeah, comes like, to uh, numbers, you can, you can automatically get that in there. Yeah. You know, my dashboard, the, the top tiles are my uh, aura recovery score, my aura sleep data, my aura HRV. The next row is my blood sugar, my ketones. The next row has the steps from my Apple watch. You know, the next one has the data from my Fitbit scale. 
you just pick and choose and you set it up exactly the way you want. We even have like fasting timer on there. So if you're tracking fasting, I mean, there's tons of fun things. Meditation is in there for me. So um, yeah, you just set it up. And, and for each of us, we need to measure different things. Set up your own dashboard. If you want to import your blood test results, you can. Super important. And um, just get control of your data and have fun with it. I love it. Does this also sync with other apps like uh, MyFitnessPal if someone's trying to regulate their, their their grams? I know it regulates calories. I'm a big component of grams. But if they were going to do that, is it able to pull data like that for how they're eating throughout the day too or knowing if they're hitting yep. their percentages? 100%. And yeah, MyFitnessPal, Chronometer, and MyMacros Plus, uh, we can pull the nutrition in from Apple Health if we need to. So the macros and even the micronutrients are in there, like uh, magnesium, sodium, potassium, that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty comprehensive. And we're always adding new metrics to the system. Like now we're adding in a lot of people are doing cryotherapy and a lot of people are doing cold plunge and hyperbaric and uh, lactate threshold testing. So we're always adding new metrics into the system as um, the healthcare industry is evolving. And as more of this stuff that, you know, like you, a few years ago, like maybe like elite pro sports clubs could have access to cryotherapy. You know, now you just, you just go to a local place in your town and you have access to that. So as, as more of this consumer tech becomes mainstream, we want to build those metrics into our system. So uh, we love adding new stuff in there. There's always new metrics popping up. I love it. How can people get access, learn more about the app and what you guys are all up to? Yeah, you can uh, find us at headsuphealth.com. We publish a lot of the education about what the numbers mean on our blog. We also have our own podcast called Data Driven Health Radio. We'll, we'll just bring on the health health experts, and we really demystify these numbers for people so that they're not intimidated looking at blood test numbers. And uh, for a lot of people, this is all foreign, so we want to provide as much education as possible. And then you can um, try the app for 30 days. You can use everything. In the, in the product, there's no credit card required at all. And if you like it, you can subscribe. And if you don't, um, tell me what you would need in there to make it worthwhile for you. You can find me at Dave at headsuphealth.com. Awesome. And any other ways to connect besides the websites or fate, any social media links or anything like that? I mean, I'll have it all in the show notes for the listeners, but just yep. want to make sure. Yeah, all the usual stuff. Um, we're Heads Up Health on Facebook and Instagram, uh, Twitter, YouTube. We publish a lot of videos uh, out there. So we're on all of the usual um, usual channels. And uh, we're always just trying to provide as much information as we can, but not only provide information. We also want to provide the, the tools to track it so that you can know if, if, like you said at the beginning of the show, my blood pressure is high. There's 30 things it could be. You know, how do I find the one? Is it caffeine? Is it magnesium deficiency? Is it crappy sleep? So we, we want to provide the data tools as well. So we're kind of like an education and a tracking company, I guess. I love it. Well, David, I, I, I'm, I'm glad to have you on this. With yeah, this was interest. great. Yep. Um, Fun conversation, Vic. We'd love to have you on our show as well to spread some of your expertise. And uh, I'll get you set up with an account so you can uh, try out the app and uh, – if you uh, want to connect with any clients on the system, there's that capability. So we'll make sure you, you get to uh, test it all out. 
No, I appreciate it. And, um, you know, again, like for all the listeners, this will be all this stuff will be in the show notes. Everything we mentioned today, I'll have all that in there. So appreciate what you're doing. I think this is a it's kind of a little bit disruptor in the health industry. I kind of like it, though. Yeah, it's exciting. It's fun. It's rewarding. You know, we're really just trying to give people more choices out there. So uh, it's my life's work, Vic. I'm very passionate and I'm extremely grateful for the opportunity to come on the show today. And thank you for being on. And uh, until next time, brother. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For past shows, please visit www.empoweryourreality.com. I hope this show inspired you and added to your life to help you on the journey to rediscover who you really are. To connect with us on Facebook, please visit www.facebook.com forward slash Dr. Vic Manzo. Check us out on Twitter. The handle is Dr. Vic 21. Follow us on Instagram, www.instagram.com forward slash Dr. Vic Manzo. If you were inspired by the podcast, pay it forward by sharing it with someone who you know can benefit from it. Thank you again for listening to the Mindful Experiment podcast, sharing paths to help you rediscover your infinite potential. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. If you found this episode to be inspirational, pay it forward by sharing with someone that you know can benefit from this. If this is your first time tuning in, please follow us, connect with us so you don't miss another amazing episode. And until next time, keep rocking and rolling.